creative journey It's easy to get lost But don't worry, you'll lift off Sometimes you just need a creative pep talk Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. Today on the show, we have an episode that is jam-packed with the best creative advice. And I can hear you pushing back saying, Andy, I know you believe in your ideas, but come on, that's a bit egotistical. But I can say that with all the confidence in the world because this is the best advice because it's not coming all from me. It's coming from an incredible group of people from the best advice show with Zach Rosen. So I was a guest on the best advice show uh, a while back. And after getting to know Zach and a little bit about his show, I was thrilled to get him on here sharing a bunch of little clips from his wonderful guests. Why? because he has the most incredible people on his show. If you've known me more than five minutes, you probably know one of my all-time favorite bands is Waxahachie, a.k.a. Katie Crutchfield. He had Katie Crutchfield on his show, and it was a fantastic episode. He's had people like comedian Chris Gethard. And on this episode, he is going to bring some amazing advice from an artist that I've been a huge fan of for ages, all the way back to college, filmmaker Mike Mills. Started in illustration, graphic design. He was featured in that movie, Beautiful Losers, with with a bunch of my favorite artists that were part of a movement that really inspired my whole thing. Um, And then he became a filmmaker making movies like Beginners with Ewan McGregor or his latest Come On, Come On with Joaquin Phoenix. We're gonna hear from Mike Mills on the show today. And I was, I just love the advice. I thought about it. I've thought thought about that advice a ton since. Um, Really, really good stuff all the way through. Today, a fresh take on a Creative Pep Talk episode. Zach's gonna bring a bunch of clips with the kind of amazing creative advice that he knows that our listeners are all about. And uh, I just love listening through these and diving in and chatting through and riffing on these clips with Zach. Had an absolute blast. Zach is an incredible podcaster and he's got a bunch of amazing work under his belt in that podcasting space. Got a lot more experience than than me in, 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 in that way. And it was just cathartic to talk to a podcaster of that persuasion who really takes the craft seriously and uh, educational and and just a ton of fun. So you're going to want to check out his show after this called The Best Advice Show. The best part, I know what you're thinking. You're like, I don't have time for another podcast, man. These podcasts are under 10 minutes. Most of them are under 10 minutes and they're the juiciest part of the conversation perfect for shower listening or little commutes or drives go check out the best advice show after we dive into some of the best creative advice from the show in this episode with zach rosen himself let's do it really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. 
got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site anyway. Go check it out, anyjpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. is the creator of The Best Advice Show. The Best Advice Show is a podcast with these little mini-sodes, mini-episodes, almost always just like five to ten minutes long. Each one contains those kind of juicy, super insights that we're, we always try to pack every creative pep talk episode full with. And they come from a wide range of diversely interesting guests. Some of my creative superhero people like writer Hanif Abdur-Rakib and musician Katie Crutchfield of Waxahachie, which every listener knows I'm just obsessed with. And uh, Mm -hmm. as well as like psychologists, journalists, comedians, and even Zach's wife. I met Zach when I had the honor to be on the Best Advice show a while back, and I've just been really inspired by his podcasting skills and experience, and I'm super pumped to have him on the show and bring a bunch of the best advice from the Best Advice show that's really creative pep talky, and yeah, I'm just pumped to have you. Thanks for coming on the show, Zach. Thanks for inviting me on for this uh, show and tell episode. And also, I saw that as we're recording this, you just released an episode with the singer songwriter behind the band, the weather station, which me and my wife have listened to a billion times. That song I tried to tell you. So good. It was getting late. Oh man. It meant dude. Every, every time it comes on, every time it comes on, my wife and I look at each other and we're like, Oh man, it's so good. It's it's so good. I, yeah, I, I released that episode in honor of Earth Day. Okay, that's fantastic. And the uh, do you? I mean, just as an aside, when you talk sure. to somebody who has made you feel emotions, do you get intimidated? I feel like it's my duty to let them know how their work has impacted me, 
Yeah. But it's a fine line between saying what I feel or telling them like specifically what I love about them and going overboard, you know, and just like fanboying out for the whole thing. So I try to keep it like uh, I I try to leave them with like something really potent, but then like try to remember that it's just a human being that I'm talking to and like, you know, respecting their time from there. Yeah. But it is like one of the great benefits of what we do. We get we have an excuse to just call people and say like can I talk to you for an hour which would be weird if we didn't have podcasts <laughs> but it shouldn't be but it but it is that's the way of the world yeah and it's cool you know i get i do get very intimidated and i try also not to super fanboy out i but i at the same time i try to do that same thing of like i want to thank them because as a creator as you know like you know you don't always know if what you're doing means anything to anybody mhm yeah so i get feel it. so good when someone tells you yeah, absolutely. And you, the first person we're going to talk about, we're going to share some advice from one of your episodes. And if I had interviewed Mike Mills, I would have been extremely intimidated. He, I got introduced by uh, the documentary Beautiful Losers way back in the day. It was a wait. I don't. I don't know that. What oh, you haven't that? seen that? Oh, it's no. so good. Oh man, you def. All of my listeners should go I'm watch watching that. It tonight. It's so good. It's kind of. It's just a picture. He made it, or he's he in it. He didn't make it. He he's in it. Uh, it's a. It's kind of a snapshot of the art scene that he grew up in, like in the mm. uh, mostly on the West Coast, but not exclusively. Mm-hmm. And all of those artists. Um, uh, Barry McGee, Jeff McFetridge, Mike Mills, all these kind of people. They're just like, it's, you know, that's where my interest in graphic design and illustration came from were these people. Wow. Yeah. And so he, ca- yeah, so he had all this, this massive transition from like illustrator, visual artist, graphic designer into the filmmaker that, you know, most of us know him as, you know, he made the movie Thumbsuckers starring Lou Pucci. I remember seeing that back in the day. And I mm-hmm. uh, love Beginners with Ewan McGregor and um, the late Christopher Plummer. But, yeah, Mike Mills is a massive hero. And he brought some incredible advice to your show. Yeah. So we talked about, well, I guess it comes down to, like, the goddamn blank page. Yes. Which can plague any of us, whether we're writers or, or painters or radio makers just that beginning when we have nothing like that's where it starts and I feel stuck all the time I think it's totally normal to feel stuck and there are different strategies I know you've talked about for when we are feeling stuck but the thing that Mike talked to me about which I hadn't heard before which I love is this thing so if you're feeling stuck try this thing that Mike does yeah so I think that loving anything, being excited by anything, of course, in ways we can't totally understand the name, is going to ignite that gener- generative process inside yourself. And often when I'm really stuck, I'll just write down pieces of art that I love. Oh. You know, and, and just as like a hope-making, it's almost like a gratitude list or something. And then, and then or, or I'll just pick one piece and just describe it. I'll just like write like why I think it's great or what are its qualities more importantly than why I think it's great. Just describe it. Sometimes that's, that's just like so important. That's amazing. Just to have that feeling, at least for me, kind of often like lifts me up and like kind of makes me want to do something. So I, when I read this, no, not when I read this, let me take two. 
<laughs> uh, this advice from Mike hit me super hard because for me, as an artist, like e- even though I do the Creative Pep Talk podcast and I seem super jazzed all the time, only because you're getting the sliver. You really do. <laughs> you, people just get the sliver of my most jazzed <laughs> hour of the week. Um, right. <laughs> but the truth is, I have just as much of that um, no energy to life as probably any other artist does. And just hearing Mike talk about like ruminating on the things that make you love life, it gets you into that headspace. And that's the kind of place that I want to create from. 100%. What's that? So this thing of, about like remembering what you love and then like noting its details, describing what it is um, about the thing. What's What's a recent artifact or art thing that you've tried to just deconstruct a little bit to understand the magic inside of it. Yeah. Honestly, I've been back in, I've been having an, another phase, a whole new phase in appreciation of my love of dreams. When I was in high mm. school, I got real into like trying to like trying to master lucid dreaming on purpose. I was that kind of, that kind of kid. You did? Oh, yeah. Man. In high school. Did We're you ever, same. did you ever have any luck with it? Once. I've had a I few about lucid all the dreams. Time. What, what yeah. do you want to tell no, us no, anything go. about it? <laughs> it was I had I had just listened to this incredible radio documentary about Leonard Cohen. And I was it was like not long after my heart was entirely broken. And I had this lucid dream where like I was in the room with this person who broke my heart and I just like was able to tell myself to like reach over and just like touch her shoulder. It was very like subtle and minimal, but like I woke up just feeling all of those same emotions that I had felt when, when my heart was broken. That's incredible. I didn't fly or anything, but like I had a slight, (laughs) a bit of slight bit of control over my, my dream state. I feel like I would do that and then instantly fly. I also like (laughs) that you made us all feel comfortable and safe. Like, when I touched the shoulder, it was respectful. It was a, yes. it was a gentle touch. Um, gentle touch. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. But I have been, the, dreams for me have been doing it because I've been getting back into just kind of the Jungian dream analysis and how much, it's just totally in sync with how I think about storytelling and that kind of metaphor. And mm. uh, yeah, when I start, di- when I'm feeling really crappy about life going to that place gets me like oh this is what is romantic about life this is what makes life worth making art about um so that i i love that practice because it's a systematic thing that you can turn to in those moments when you're like man why do i even make creative work at all yeah and like he likens it to a gratitude list yeah yeah which is true it's just like there are so many things in this world that are worth getting excited about therefore i should try to make something that's worth getting excited about and speaking of making something worth getting excited about i you know i feel like uh for me personally sometimes i feel like usually when i've had a really big breakthrough in a piece of work if a story broke in a unique way or a piece just was like oh man that was exactly what i'm trying to do Mm. the next time i come back to the blank page uh i am intimidated because I'm like, well, that's not going to happen again. And so I love this next piece of advice that you're bringing about. It's about tiny goals, right? 
tiny goals. And whether, you know, you're a full-time artist or you're just trying to make space for your creative work when you can, as you quest toward, like, just putting whatever it is substantial out into the world, make these tiny goals. And this is something I learned from the novelist Brian Selfon, who wrote what became a really critically acclaimed book called The Night Workers. But he did this while working a full-time job. And so he had to figure out, like, how can I just get this done without being overwhelmed by the goal of trying to make an important novel? And I think that if you can lower those standards to almost nothing, like, can I sit down in my chair? Can I think a thought? Can I, well, let's just talk about writing. Like, you know, is there a sentence that I can write? And I think that if you stop and freeze at that moment and trying to make a great sentence, you haven't lowered your standards enough. Like whatever the lowest standard that you can reach. And I think that if you can kind of have two brains, one where you have that immediate low standard, just trying to make something. And then in the back of your brain, you have the bigger goal and you can kind of keep flipping back and forth between them. You won't get paralyzed with fear, but then you also won't get so comfortable with producing the easiest, simplest thing. That could be a good path to move forward. So giving up on trying to write a big bestseller, giving up on trying to write a great novel really freed me up to just be a little bit more playful and then just try to see if I could write something that was kind of meh. I mean, that could be another way of saying the same thing as aiming at math. But then each time that you're revising it, you could have a similarly low goal of, can I make it a little bit better? Can I make it? And then the next time you sit down, can I make it a little bit better? So each time you have in the back of your mind, your high end big goal, but the goal every time that you're sitting down to work on something, you could have it be a very immediate goal of, can I have the character not enter a room that they've already entered once? You know, can I have the character who died five pages ago not suddenly appear alive on this page? And then you could achieve those little goals while keeping the bigger goal at your mind and it can help you get there without being paralyzed by, you know, I'm not there yet, you know, I don't have the skills. Um, and then it, gradually you could be building your skills as you're moving through the little goals. I love this advice because every time I watch a movie or I read a book, I'm always just overwhelmed by not even the quality, just the quantity of work that went into it. I was like, man, yeah. I don't know how anybody can get themselves to do something like this. And I heard a quote recently from uh, Jordan Peele where he was talking about the rough draft is just him putting sand in the sandbox and then he can build castles later. And I thought mm. that kind of reminded me of this. I love that. This advice, because I feel like when you hear that advice of like, just do a little thing, just do a little bit. You can feel like, yeah, that sounds great, but are you really going to get any castles from that? Like it's just going to be a bunch of crap if you just kind of chipping away, but you can slowly like hunk, a, you know, take chunks of that marble away and craft it over time. If you just show up. Totally. And I love how he's just keep saying, like, if you're feeling overwhelmed, just keep lowering the goal, like just sitting down in the chair for a minute there. That's the first goal. Good. Done. You know, so just be super realistic. And I think it's also about like being being kind to yourself because we can so beat ourselves up when we like sit down and like, oh, we don't get we don't get that chapter done or whatever. But it's like, no, just like get a sentence done, get a word done and just build. Yeah. And and that 
that notion of when you go sit down, I, I, you know, one of the things we've been exploring a ton on this show is I've been thinking a lot about how the our outer spaces are a reflection of our inner space and that you can, you're trying to, you can use your setting, whether it's a different desk or a different chair or a different pencil or whatever it is, to kind of trick your brain into going into different spaces. Because for me, creative activity of any kind requires you accessing different parts of your brain because there is a time mm. to just word vomit and dump all that stuff into a document. And there's a, a totally different part of your brain that's editing that. Next piece of advice is around this idea of an autonomous zone, which I feel like gets at this, the importance of space so that you don't beat yourself up. What's what's the autonomous zone all about? So it's really just in order to give yourself the space to to aim at meh, what Brian was talking about. And if that space is five minutes a day or five hours a day, just try to embrace this idea of being very forthright and explicit about creating your own autonomous zone. In other words, to have free spaces in your life, free of other people, free of the profit motive, you know, the, the pressure to be earning a living during that time, free of interruption, free of social media, free of duties and obligations that, you know, impinge on, for one thing, the imagination. And the way in which this is practiced in my life most diligently is in the morning hours, which from 7 to 10 a.m. I treat as sacrosanct. There's no appointments, no email, no social media, no interaction with family members. That's my writing time. So my agent, Ryan, who also is kind of an agent slash manager, uh, we talk about managing managing time, managing projects, what we're taking on, what we're not taking on. And, you know, I have a bunch of different pieces to what I do. And, the, and for the longest time, fitting the podcast in or fitting a kid's book in, fitting things into my schedule that were extremely important and were kind of neat, required the best creative energy that I had, just felt mm. completely impossible and this notion of like, you know, I think what we end up doing is we think that we can multitask and just like switch in and out of things all the time. But that idea of having set blocks, that is a complete game changer. And it doesn't have to be, uh, it doesn't have to be you're a full-time artist and you get to block out three days a week for this stuff. Even any amount of space that you can block out for yourself, like that, that helps, right? Big time. I, as a listener to your show, I think your other listeners will be curious. How? Tell me about like the, these blocks of time and how you schedule them and yeah. how long they are and stuff. We actually, they've grown over time because I've realized that if I will cut up my week, I can actually get more done in each section. And so at first it was just, say, I just said to Ryan, I was like, look, you're going to see on the calendar, Monday is completely blocked off. No calls, nothing. That's all podcast stuff. 
And then that turned into Monday, Tuesday, where I was like, I'm going to take all those days for just deep work stuff. And then that crept up into uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning. And so all of that space is now just deep work stuff that I, that whatever it is, whether it's illustration on a book or a client thing, or if it's working on the podcast or, or, or what have you, that is uninterrupted space. And the truth is that, you know, all the other time is way more regimented. It's more like, and then after that time's up, we have four calls in a row. Um, but mm -hmm. just separating mm -hmm. that energy, it's just like accessing that different parts of your brain. It's it, the hardest part is getting into the flow state. Staying in it isn't that hard. Um, mm. And so I think, yeah. you know, just it's, it's just, uh, it's been super effective for me. So I, I love that advice. And so when you're doing these, these big chunks of time, are you able to have the discipline to like actually not check email and not check social and all that stuff? That's a great question. It's very, it's very hard question. for me. That's a great question. I, and the truth is sometimes yes, sometimes no, but honestly, the most sacred of all of those spaces is the the kind and everyone laughs at me about this but from about 5:30 in the morning to 6:30 in the morning Monday through Friday it's just an hour long in the bathtub sorry for everybody's mental image but um <laughs> that's when I write the podcast so every day I'm showing up and that space so you have a waterproof laptop I know I just write it on my phone I there's oh, an, okay. even you know this kind of goes back to that notion of uh shooting for meh this idea of like uh -huh. Uh, sitting in front of a laptop is too intimidating. So just That's like right. writing on my phone feels like, well, uh -huh. I'm just writing on my phone. You yeah, know, whatever. yeah, just texting. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So you write the podcast in the bath well, at five thirty in the morning. Yep. Incredible. Pretty much every Creative day, bitch. and that and and it goes that same <laughs> that same thing of like most of it's trashed. Most of it, you're just like, I'm just gonna do, I'm just gonna do this for an hour and know that you know it's probably not gonna turn into anything. But if I just keep doing this, eventually you have you pile up some, some decent stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And for those of us who aren't in the, the Andy pizza role of being full-time artists, but who are just trying to carve out that time, you might have kids, you might have, you might be working jobs and you might be thinking like, yeah, right. Like this is just too luxurious. This autonomous zone, I can't do it. And I think this gets into my next piece of advice, which is maybe the one that I've thought about the most out of the 400 or whatever episodes I've done. And it's very simple, but the advice is ask for help and learn how to ask for help. And so when you're thinking about this need that you have to live in this autonomous zone for five minutes or five hours, whatever it is, think about the people in your life, the people who make your life work, whether that's your partner, whether it's, you know, your, your mother-in-law and expressing to them, I need this time, not so I can go, you know, dawdle, but I need this time because it's going to make me a fuller person. It's going to make me show up better as a parent, as a kid, as a friend, as a colleague. And so being really explicit, saying, I need this. And like, there's a vulnerability there in admitting when you need something, but turns out we all need stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, I'm indebted to to Beth Pickens, who is a psychologist, and she does a lot of therapy f uh, with artists. And, and this was the advice she gave me. Ask for help. I think we have to always tell people everything that we need. 
because we all float around like we're just little children masquerading as adults, just assuming that nobody needs anything and we're the only ones with needs and we have to get rid of those needs or diminish them. But we all need emotional support. What's a way that we can practice giving and asking for help? I like to do everything just starting with a quantity, just quantifying it, like a goal of I'm going to ask for three things this week that are directly related to my creative practice. And here's what those needs are going to be. And here are some appropriate people I think I could ask. And I'm just going to practice on the asking. I have no control over the outcome. Then I'm going to avail myself three times to people. Maybe I'm asked for something or maybe I offer something or I connect with another artist friend and say, this is the kind of help I need right now. What kind of help do you need right now? Let's help each other find it. And not necessarily a one-to-one where the help you're offering, you're getting back from that same person. Right. Because maybe the things you ask for, maybe you don't know how to give or you don't have that resource to give. Or maybe the person you're asking from something from, they they have a different thing to reciprocate with because we all have different things to offer. Some are universal, but many are very different. And we also have to identify who do we ask, who how do we match the ask, the request to somebody who's appropriate rather than I'm going to try to ask this person for emotional support who I know cannot and will never give it. But if I just try hard enough and then I can prove that I won by making them, by going to the hardware store for a gallon of milk, they don't have it to give. Right. So we also have to think about who are we going to for which things and not one person can't meet every need, which is like, you know, the fallacy of, of marriage and modernity. I love this. And it actually came to me at a time where I needed to be reminded of this and I needed to hear this fresh because I I feel like every artist has that burden of you're doing your thing. It feel, There's an element of art that just inherently feels selfish. You know what I mean? You're, you're making something, you're expressing yourself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you can work yourself into this place where you're not asking for for help from anybody. But the truth is, you know, even my spouse back in the day when I wasn't working full time, there were these important conversations that had to happen where we negotiated our time and said, look, like this is what I need. What do you need? How can I help you? And part of that was like, you know, we had early on had really in-depth conversations around uh, just like energy levels and how our energy goes throughout the day. Mm. And so we both kind of figured that like, in terms of creativity, my energy's in the morning, hers is at night, and we can kind of flip-flop kid duties in between that so that we're not spending the creative energy uh, in in that way. And so I, I love this because I feel like everybody needs to be reminded like, you need to you need to speak up for yourself, you need to ask for help, Um, You need to have those conversations that there's never a good time to have them, um, but they really Mm -hmm. are the building blocks to being able to get the best work from yourself and, and, and do some of the stuff that that's actually really important to you. Totally. Yeah. Like, I mean, like all this stuff, it's practice and I had to practice this during the pandemic when I was just feeling like, man, I am so freaking depressed. I'm in my house with my kids. I love my kids, but I need to get out. And I needed some artist dates with myself. And I felt first, I felt guilty asking my wife, like, I need to go see a movie. Um, I need to go to the show. But it's like, no, I actually did. And when I told her how important it was to me, she totally was fine with it. 
and it's made me feel so much better. I think the key is if you are talking about this navigating, you know, navigating the stuff with your partner is like making sure to help them ask for what they need as well, that it shouldn't be one sided. I completely agree. And I, and I also just want to highlight that, uh, yes, it's the people in your life, but it's also getting people in your life that aren't currently in your life. You know, for me, mm -hmm. honestly, it's, I, I say this knowing it's not simple to connect with people that are a few steps ahead of you on, on the creative path. It's not easy to get time with those people, but I say it because it's so important that there have been times where it's taken me years to find those people to ask for help that knew that went to places that I had never been that could actually give me some direction uh, those little moments and they, they literally might be a 30 minute conversation at a conference or, you know, whatever it might be, or an email, um, seeking out that help from people that have done the kinds of things you want to do. That is a game changer. And I think we just constantly just toil in our own perspectives, in our own little blinders and realize like, you know, that outside perspective we're looking for, we're not going to find it by just pushing harder. Absolutely. Yeah, this one ties into what I think will be the last piece of advice that I'll share today. It's a help asking practice that in in a way is very clean and reciprocal. Um, unlike some of these other things where you're asking some people for help and then you're, you know, you're offering help to other to to other people like it this is this is clean. It's called a structured walk. And I learned it from radio goddess Sharon Mashihi. All right, uh, it's recording, and uh, unfortunately, I'm not able to fully monitor the levels, but they look good. You and I would take a walk, and the first, and we'd time it. I was thinking we could do 25 minutes you, and then 25 minutes me, and we'll both walk in one direction, then walk back. Does that sound good? Perfect. You know, my friend Aaron Finbloom devised this, but I, I always think of like Socrates and those dudes. They were walking. So I'm walking on Belle Isle, which I may have mentioned to you before. It's this, it's the big public park in Detroit. Uh-huh. So it's very simple. Like you get someone in your life who is invested somewhat or, or perhaps not at all um, in your creative practice and they themselves are venturing down some road that they don't know and they themselves are you know working on their own project and basically you are going to walk with them say for 50 minutes or an hour and for the first half of the walk they tell you about what they're struggling with in the second half like it's it's very it's time so at the 30 minute mark or whatever your halfway point is you switch gears and then you talk about yourself and so it's equal and it's like I, I started doing this with with my friend Christine, we check in now every month. She has her own art practice, which is very different from mine. And we have suggestions for each other that we wouldn't have otherwise come up with, partly because we're working kind of in different areas, but also um, just because we're totally different people, but we're both like invested in our friendship and in um, each other's well-being that we look forward to this monthly thing where half will be her, half will be me. And by the end of it, you have gotten some stuff off your chest and and you don't even have to be an artist to do this like you can just have a structured walk friend you can do it once you can do it in installments or whatever but just like someone who will listen for a half hour and then you will then listen to them for a half hour it's, it's very basic 
but hugely helpful. I feel like this kind of action had played a big role in my, the, the most formative relationships I've had in my creative practice. And I think that the biggest stumbling block or the biggest obstacle to actually living this advice is just the willingness not to be chill. Like just to be like, mm. you know what? Like it's, every, and it's the same, like I'm thinking about, we're kind of doing a structured walk right now yeah. in that yeah. this isn't a regular interview. When we started talking about how we were going to do this, uh, it got me really pumped because I thought, man, this is a totally, it's like an elevated kind of approach to a guest episode. And it takes a little more effort, but also takes a little bit of vulnerability. And the same goes for, Approaching a friend and being like, hey, I'd like to talk to you for a half an hour and then you can talk for a half an hour. It's, just, it's not chill. It's not, it's, there's, an, there's an intentional nerdiness about that. And I honestly feel like you have to, you have to have people you're comfortable doing that with, yeah. first of all. Second of all, you just got to be willing to take the risk to just look like a complete goof. Those, those things have been so essential in, in getting over those little internal hurdles. Do you ever feel like that? You ever feel kind of embarrassed of like, okay, we're going to do this thing now. I think it's also embarrassing. <laughs> like, I think, you know, it's, it's it this thing that, that I think about a lot is just like, I think it's related to the delusion that we have something important to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, as, as, as creative people, <laughs> like it's, it's ridiculous. Like, like it goes back to this thing, like making something is can feel self-indulgent. It's delusional. It, it's awkward. Like it's all these things, but like we know that in our hearts that we really want to do it. So, you know, if we, if we're honest with ourselves that it's really important to us, then the, the awkwardness and the, the delusion and stuff, I think just come with the territory. I completely agree. I can't remember what the, there's like a, there's a phrase for, maybe you know it. It's like uh, the something effect where, you know, the, the, the dumbest person in the room thinks they're the smartest and, mm. the, and the smartest person <laughs> has the most humility and thinks like, I better not say anything, but I, it's the, I'm mostly talking about hopefully my journey from going from as a young artist being like, I've got stuff to say, man. And then as I've got older and more experienced and skilled, the less yeah. comfortable I felt with inserting myself, which, you know, there's some, there's definitely, I could probably have taken to take it a few notches back. So that's not the worst thing, but I do right. think, you know, you have to remember like, you know, even if you're not saying something the world's never heard, maybe you're saying it uh, dumber than some experts can say it. There's still people that need to need to be see, see themselves seen or just even be validated or just be reminded um, by these kinds of things. And so, uh, you know, getting over that kind of, inner critic is a is a huge part of the process yeah and you actually just reminded me sharon mishihi who told me about the structured walk she gave me another piece of advice where the goal perhaps might not even be to get over the inner critic but instead to fold that inner critic to fold the doubt into the work oh. so not to pretend it's not there but just to like whether or not you use it or not but just like start the piece with I'm a piece of shit. I don't know what I'm saying. I love you know, that. like just use the doubt. And then I think that you're going to be, I think that's going to draw you closer to the listener because who isn't full of doubt? If you're thinking about it while you're making it, it's probably relevant to the work. And that applies to doubts, concerns. Usually the tensions that you feel within you belong in the work, I think. 
I love that. And it kind of gets at this idea of uh, Linda Berry talks about the comic uh, artist, um, talks about how every time we make a piece of work, we often feel like the objective, there it is, yeah, what it is. That's a, that's a classic. And Linda Berry is just an incredible um, creator who's just uh, so unique and interesting. But she said, um, every time you go to make something, you feel like, you're being asked for an answer and it can mm. just as it's just as interesting or more interesting to start with a question like here's what I'm like doubting working through I you know that impulse often gets to a lot deeper stuff because most of the deep stuff doesn't even have a clear answer so uh, you know absolutely yeah I think you're totally right about that more questions more questions more answers yeah Totally the questions agree. are more interesting than the answers is what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah I, I love it. Uh, and, and I completely agree. And, that, and I actually, uh, over time, through that whole process of the eight years of doing this show, I actually have tried to, instead of coming up with an episode where I'm like, this is an answer, I've, I've more often been like, here's a question we're going to try to like huh. poke at. Because who knows? That's great. Uh, well, this was kind of like a structured walk and, uh, and I really appreciate it. you you know, Zach, you're somebody who has a lot of experience in the podcasting field, something that I just kind of stumbled ass backwards into. So I've, I've really treasured getting to chat with you and getting to pick your brain on all things audio and podcast. And I'm really glad that you got to make some time to be on the show, man. It was a, a huge honor. I'm a fan of your show. That's why. I emailed you asking to be on it. So this this has been a real thrill. Oh, and and for your listeners, I bet they could guess what your advice was on my show. The truth so is, think is to I yourself, can't what even would Andy Pizza say? I when I say it, you're gonna be like, Of course. Yeah. What taste? And Andy Pizza's essential <laughs> advice was you got to get high on your own supply, yeah. man. Yeah, which is which is absolutely related to taste. Um, you got to be tasting yep. your own dish all the time. Make mm -hmm. sure it's lighting up those internal taste buds. Yeah, of course I said that. Incredible advice. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Massive thanks to Zach Rosen of The Best Advice Show. Remember, go check out The Best Advice Show. It's got the best advice, as you've already heard. Was, I'm just pumped to be uh, chopping it up, collaborating with uh, a podcaster of Zach's stature and experience. Very satisfying to me, and um, I loved being on his show. And he's got a ton of great episodes that are short that you can fit in into the weird places where you want to listen to a podcast, but you don't have the time best advice show. That's the one. Go check it out. If this kind of thing, if this worked for you, that show is going to work for you. Go check it. Massive thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our jingle and theme music. Thanks to Connor Jones of Pinning Beautiful for editing this show. Huge thanks to the CPT team, Ryan Appleton, Sophie Miller, Katie Chandler, all uh, making this happening every single week without me losing my mind. Um, so grateful and uh, until we speak again stay pepped up